This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. Car! 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 <laughs> I thought the boy was asleep. Why are you yelling? That's just because that's how I get in the mood, and that's how the boy gets in the mood. He says, "Car." Sometimes car. he says, "Bebe, <laughs> bebe." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. That's the energy I'm at right now. That's yeah. the energy I want you to be at right now. Yes. You've been a real glum plum lately, but by lately, you mean the past like month now? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. What's a happy fruit? Um, is poi a fruit? Not. Like in Hawaii? I don't know. Might be a vegetable. Hawaiian dish made from... Fish? Fermented root of taro. That doesn't quite sound like a f- no. fruit. I'm Okay, I've got it. it. You have to pretend this is a fruit. I'm a hereto potato. <laughs> mm, I like that. <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> Nailed it. Let's talk about this book, man. We've got so much. So okay, much. We've got so much. There's so much to talk about. We've got about. so much to talk about. Jack texted me earlier today and said, Tanner, it's time we did a two-parter. Yes. And I said, respectfully disagree, <laughs> though I do have lots of notes. We're just going to have to get through them. This is a, this is a tour de force. I feel like a, fairly recently we may have maligned these super specials a little bit. They're long and yeah, boring, we said. Why'd you make us read them? Right. Not the case today. My God. Just so much. Pete and Anne packed so much into this masterful novel. I think maybe it's my favorite Babysitter's Club book that I've ever read. It was so fucking good. BSC in the USA. They finally go to the USA. They finally go to the USA. They finally go to the USA this We've, whole time. They've been in Hawaii. They've yeah. been in Europe. Yeah. They've been in Stony Brook. Yeah. They've been to Vermont several times. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but now in New York... Mm-hmm. Now they're in the USA. Now they they're even, finally in the USA. One of the two RVs swings by old Jack's neighborhood. Oh yeah, they stop through. They they pass through Texas, tornado tornado alley, and they go. Uh, they go to the rodeo. Yeah, I I was reading it and I was like, because I'm an animal rights guy, I was like, rodeos are bad. And then Pete and Ann were like, rodeos are bad. They hated the rodeo. Yeah, they all hated the rodeo. I liked that. That made me. That made me happy. Um, and finally weighs in on slavery. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she was always such uh, up until now. I've been waiting it's weird for that she took this long to really yeah. take a stance, but like, yeah. she was very centrist about it. You know, yeah, very both sides, very just then, like kind of cagey. Yeah, um, but but she, this week she's she comes out swinging against. guns blazing against yeah against we against clarify yeah it's a stain on our history. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Uh, so much in this book. Crocabunga. Crocabunga. Super babies. My name is Tanner Greenring. Oh, I had a um I had a dream the other night <laughs> that we were recording our podcast and you said my name this just popped into my head. You said my name is Tanner Greenring, and I was like, Holy shit, you know that rhymes with Krang Minion? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. And you were like, Yeah, it does. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it'd be cool if it did. It'd be cool if it did, but it doesn't. I like the idea. It, it's very a resonant idea. Krang, he's in Dimension X. He has a bunch of minions. They reference Ninja Turtles. 
I think in this in this book, maybe in yeah. maybe in the no, that was little the sister one. book that we read. That was yeah, little sister book. Yeah. Sorry, I was still that whole time looking up rhymes for um, blueberry to see if I could do like. What's wrong with Horato? I hope you keep that in. That's fucking. That's great. I'm a Horato potato. People are going to be saying that. The kids are going to be saying that. Um, I was headed down the path of like not scary blueberry, but that doesn't. Mm, I, if yeah. I dwell on it any longer, I'm literally going to drive myself mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boo scary. No, Blue we have to move on. Blueberry. Yeah, and that's sad. That's so when you're. Maybe all that's fruits, not sad. That's when you're in a menacing mood, a scary mood. Oh, boo, scary. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a glum plum. I'm a boo, scary blueberry. So you better watch out. Yeah. Well, that's one more. That's um, we're expanding the canon at least. It's yeah. Not in the right direction. Yeah, I like. I do like it, and I would love to spend a lot more time dwelling on it. And normally I would. I'm sure but Baby Nation will figure it out. We've got so much. I think this is su- this is such a fucking fascinating novel. Your Tanner Green Ring. Crocobunga. I'm Jack Shepard. Yes. Uh, and this is the Babysitter's Club. Super. Club. A podcast where we talk about the super specials by our angel, the lost our grandmother. Angel. The backstage babysitter, the tender shepherd, the little night owl, the ocean princess, the screaming mirror, the space mountain known as Snow Mommy. She is the fast fingered sword man, the head bug, and the condor in the squall, ghost eyes, and the knife martin, Verugal master. Great ear, perfect hands. Do you just want to bang it out now? That's what she wants us to to call her yeah let's we gotta we gotta power through this we talk about hang on we talk about the super specials every week we're plowing through we're almost at the end i think we're at the second we are at the penultimate super special what we are going to be discussing this week is super special number 14 bsc in the usa amazing so i throw my hands up play my song butterflies fly away Something to be a something, yeah. Moving my lips like, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Okay. Hands up, play my song. No, it's gonna be yeah. okay. Yeah. B S C A B U S A. I like it a lot. Um, yes, that's what we're gonna bang out epithets. So all those names you heard, Super Babies, are the names that Anne wants us to call her. She puts one, at least one, in every novel. This week, Tanner, I had two pretty strong ones. Okay. Do you want to hear them? Yep, I've got one as well, but I suspect one of ours must overlap. I think one of them is definitely going to overlap. I, the first one, I think, won't. It's the following. Th- this is, um, they're, in, uh, uh, they're in the Mall of America. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Ow! I love I, the Mall of America. I don't know it. I got my, um, I, my reaction was the once. same as Dawn's. If you're a boy, yeah, a yes. young boy growing up in the Minneapolis suburbs in mm-hmm. nineteen in the early 1990s, the Mall of America was literally the greatest place on earth that you could ever go to. It was like a thousand orgasms all at once. Wow. It's a mall. Like almost too much. You know malls? I know malls, yeah. It's that, except mm-hmm. there's an amusement park in the middle of it. And it's patriotic. And it's patriotic, yeah. It's our yeah. mall. Yeah. God bless the stars and bars. Yeah. <laughs> USA all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got my finger stuck in a ride once, and they had to shut it down and, and like dismantle the ride to get my finger out. I bet you did, and I bet they did. 
<laughs> you had to like get some like technician over to like what why did you put your finger in the rod? Don't know. <laughs> I was a boy. That's um, what I boys once, do. I once put a bead so far up my nose that they had to take me to the doctor. You know what? Yeah. I once stuffed some Nerf ball so far up my nose that they had to take me to the doctor. And my mom didn't discover it until like a week after I had done a it. A Nerf ball? I took a chunk of Nerf ball, like a uh, chunk of Nerf. Yeah. And I stuffed it really far up my nose. Yeah. And my mom discovered a week later when I started smelling really badly because it was <laughs> rotting in my nasal cavity. And they had to like go in and fish it out. My parents took me in and then like while we were waiting for the doctor to like get his special nose implement i like i learned how to hockey snort (laughs) 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 and just snuffed it out um boys anyway boys never have boys okay so they go to the mall of america uh mallory says the following thing or whoever says the following thing the rides went out we went on the roller coaster and the ferris wheel and it's called sorry go ahead we went on the roller coaster and the ferris okay Uh, why did you interrupt why did you interrupt me Just say in the, the same place the second time? Just say the buzzsaw. That's not what they say. I'll say it. We went on the buzzsaw, but it got stuck because some fucking asshole put his fingers in it. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Anne was writing about me. Wow. We also went on the Ferris wheel and the mystery mine. Mm. I've been on that. I think Anne might want us to call her mystery mine. That... And- I'm thinking of it like, not like she's a mine, yeah, but it, it's like mother mine. Okay. Mystery mine. To me, it, it makes it sound like you're comparing like Anne to like a cave that needs to be right. explored. Yes, which is true, but she, that is not what I'm saying. She's what like I'm a saying, dark hole. It's mine like the possessive. Okay. Mystery mine, like mother mine. She's the mystery mine. She's mystery mine. I don't hate it. My second one, I think, is probably all, what yours is also. Yes. Guess what? I guess this is definitely Karen Brewer talking. Guess what? We did see something gigandoli fantastic on the way to Four Corners. It's called Shiprock Pinnacle. The Navajo word for it is Tsebidai. That means rock with wings. You can see it from 100 miles away, and it looks like the skyline of a whole city. Also true of Anne. So is Anne's nickname there Say B Dai? Yeah, or the Shiprock Pinnacle or Rock, Rock with, with Wings. Wings. Yeah. I like that. All one of those too. things describe was that I cannot believe that that was not what you picked out. No, it's not. Because that's the thing. I like that one, and I think we should go with that one. Yeah. Mine's like a slightly deeper dig, and I'm actually surprised that you didn't catch it. Okay. Because it's kind of your wheelhouse it's your ner- mm. nerdy bullshit that you love uh-huh <clears throat> i'm Saville hoya the man said extending his hand to watson this is my wife judy and our granddaughter felicitas oh felicitas yeah okay felicitas in ancient roman culture felicitas from the latin adjective felix fruitful blessed happy lucky is a condition of divinely inspired productivity, blessedness, or happiness. Right. Felicitas could encompass both a woman's fertility and a general's luck or good fortune. That's from Wikipedia. Yeah. Felicitas. Normally, people called Felicitas are called Felicity. Okay. So I don't know why they called her Felicitas. Because it was clearly Anne signaling that her that's epithet what she, yeah. to us. Okay. Well, yeah. 
You're not wrong. Felicitas. I'll accept that. Felicitas. Luck, good fortune, happiness. Yes. Yeah, there's a girl called Felicitas. Divinely it should have been Felicity. Yeah, divinely inspired. Buried in the cemetery of Maximus on the Via Salaria on the 23rd of November. Anne? Yes. Okay. That's As, as was St. Felicity. Last November? Uh, it doesn't say. Um, uh, 165 AD. That's Anne? Mm-hmm. I, looked, I just looked this up. St. Oh, wow. Felicitas of Rome. I didn't know we lost her. Well, she had a good long life. She was born in 101. And then she died in So in those, in those days, that's a very healthy... That's a very long life, yeah. Yeah. And she was, she was canoned. I guess I didn't realize these books were that old either. I thought they were from the 80s. But I thought 80s meant yeah. like the 1980s, not like... No, no, no. The actual 80s. 80s. Yeah, right. 80s. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, rest in peace, St. Anne... Yeah. <laughs> um, she's one of the Christian martyrs. Yes, obviously. What um, else? What else do you know about Saint Felicitas? Um, a legend presents her as the mother of the seven martyrs. So that's probably the babysitters club. Yep. If you don't count Abby. Or you do, because um, Abby replaced Right, Dawn. Abby post Dawn. Yeah. This is this is all this all track so far, yeah. Does it say anything about sweet Pete in there? Uh, let me see. Do a control F for yeah. Pete. No, I'm not seeing Pete. Um, like Peter or something? Like, I don't know. Is there a Roman name for Peter? Perpetua. Perpetua. She was martyred along with Perpetua. Oh, wait, no. No. No, I don't see Pete. Do you want to hear the legend of Felicitas and the Seven Holy Brothers? Yeah. Uh, she was a rich and pious Christian widow. That tracks. Tracks. Who had seven sons. That track. She devoted herself to... That's the Babysitter's Club. That's the Babysitter's Club. She devoted herself to charitable work, converted many to the Christian faith by her example. That tracks. Tracks. Um, this aroused the wrath of pagan priests who lodged a complaint against her. And that's maybe Leviathan? Uh, or Leviathan, I would Scholastic. say. Scholastic. Yeah, the Scholastic lawyers, who asserted the ire of the gods and demanded a sacrifice of her and her, all of her children. Okay. Uh, fire at Marianne's house. Yep. Emperor acquiesced their demand. Felicitas was brought before the prefect of Rome, um, who tried to get her to worship pagan gods. Um, Maybe that's Pete. Yeah, that that is Pete. Yeah, it's just Publius. Like, just oh, po- yes, Publius. Prefect Publius. Yeah, Publius. That, that does and now sound I'm remembering like Pete. When we emailed him to um, invite him on our live show, and he's respectfully declined. He did sign that. His like email signature said Prefect Publius. Right. So. Pete, Pete, Prefect, Pete Publius. Uh, yeah, that'll make sense. And I think, so we can go with any of those, the Flying Rock or Felicitas or Prefect Publius. <laughs> That's for Pete. Um, great. We have to describe this book now. Okay. Um, and you're going to do it, and then um, I'm going to do it. Sorry, who's going to do it? You're going to do it. And what do we call the segment? The 90 Second Rundown. And then starring me, Jack, Jack Shepard. Yeah, and introduced by this week's special guest, last minute. Uh, Tanner, can you do it? No, I had a whole cool new introduction, remember? I can't remember what it was called now. I think you edited the episode. Oh, I haven't edited that one yet. What oh, did I say? fuck. I don't remember. It was like the special report. Maybe I was head bug. Oh. And now for a special report. From our correspondent in the field, Danner Daniel Greening. 
Green ring. Hello. Green ring. Tanner. <laughs> hey, Jack, it's Tanner. Greeting out here. Um, <laughs> Ta- uh, Tanner, I can barely hear you over that holoco- helicopter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can, uh, yeah, Jack. Do you Jack. do your special report? Uh, <laughs> why don't you do yours first? No, you uh, do your... I'm, you're calling into my show. Oh, okay. I'm so I, Anderson you Cooper. First? And you're, like, correspondent. I'll go first. Okay, I'll go first. Sorry, we're losing you. We don't have much time. Okay, um, I'm just gonna... Uh, I lost my notes. I'm just gonna come up with something off the top of my head. Okay, we'll put some music behind it so it okay. doesn't sound terrible. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. <clears throat> Two RVs take off from Stony Brook, Connecticut. One headed north and one headed south. Each packed with babies and sitters and parents, and each with a lot of land in front of them. But can the cast members make it to California to claim their handsome reward without killing one another first? Stacey McGill and Claudia Keisha are at each other's throats almost as soon as the adventure begins after Stacy catches Claudia reading from her diary. Christy Thomas drags everyone along for one particularly difficult challenge to hit every baseball stadium between New York and San Diego. Allison Jones, a pre-med student from Huntington, New York, barely makes it through the dreaded land-sailing race in one piece. Aspiring cinematographer Carlos Los Jackson confronts a lifelong fear when he decides to go skydiving. But can he overcome his nerves? And will bodybuilder and former frat boy Mark Long prove that he's as tough as he looks during the Marines' boot camp training? And finally... What happens when Kit and Shelly bite off more than they can chew at Klebert and Sons Gator Farm in Ponticello, Louisiana? You'll have to tune in to find out. MTV's Road Rules, USA. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, Babysitter's Club Super Special, number 14, BSC in the USA. Okay. So, I take it that you are prepared for the criticism that I'm going to level at your description. I'm open. I'm open to notes. Yeah. Okay. The first part was great and accurately described this book. Okay. And then it kind of seems like you fully plagiarized the description of MTV's road rules, a show that hasn't been on the air in, I think probably 20 years. I don't think I did. I'm looking. You're looking at what? At the description of MTV's road rules? Stacey McGill you... and Claudia Kishi were on road rules? No. Th- I think there was a... You said something about like a sailor? The land sailing race, yeah. Yeah, that's not in this. Yeah, it's like one of the adventures they go on. No. They're, who they go the on name? like so many adventures. You they probably just on... forgot because they go on... It's such a... It's such a rich, dense text and they go on it so many adventures. So rich and so dense. Like um, Jesse and Mallory, listen. Kind of confront racism at the plantation. Here's what I'm going to say: Abby like looks at the Grand Canyon, and yeah. Los does the skydiving thing. See that? I don't think that's in this because I don't know who that is. Carlos Jackson, Los, no, aspiring cinematographer, no. Have you seen Road Rules? Yeah. Did you, and you do you have like a deep memory of it? I guess it's in there somewhere. I don't remember all of okay. it, but like, all right. All right, I'm going to allow it because I have a big request that I want to make of you. Okay. And I'm going to need a fucking favor from you. Okay. And I will be willing to return on that favor. Okay. If you so choose. Okay. In some way. Okay. That, that is reasonable and commensurate with what I'm asking. I need 
more than 90 seconds for my 90 second rundown. No. The second I hit 90 seconds, I'm going to scream and yell until you stop talking. I want to so find a way. I want 120 seconds. No, absolutely not. For this book. Absolutely not. Well, you get 90 what? seconds. 90 seconds is already fucking generous. You just <laughs> only give me 60. That's what those books are half the length. Okay, you know what? What? Just because you're being difficult? Yeah. 85 seconds. Fuck you. You want to no. negotiate? I don't negotiate. I'm, I'll am i give you something in return. What? You can name it. Name your price for 30 more seconds. Say that my description wasn't plagiarized. I can't do that. It wasn't. I wrote it all. I may have mixed up elements from this book yeah. with elements from the first season of Road Rules. I'm not I don't sure. I don't want to be dragged into your shit, man. All right, I'm going to do this in 90 seconds. I don't want to be dragged into it. All right, give me 90 seconds, and I'm going to do this. In five, four, three, two, one. Dawn is visiting Sony Brook, but it turns out that her dad has an RV, and he's taking her back from Sony Brook. He flew out, and they're going all the way back to California. Everyone's like, oh, can we come? Yes, it turns out they can. Watson gets excited about it, gets an RV as well. Two RVs drive across the USA, taking all of the Babysitter's Club. Christy wants to go see every single baseball stadium. Uh, Jesse wants to go see the plantation that her ancestors lived at, and she confronts the difficulty that is slavery, and it's intense. Um, Abby is obsessed with Elvis. Some of the babysitters, including Mallory, I think get stuck in a twister in Oklahoma. Uh, Jack Schaefer is criticizing uh marianne's dad and it's weird and they have a confrontation about it uh mallory goes to chincoteague with jesse and to see horses and they meet this unpleasant girl called felicitas stacy and claudia have the world's dumbest fucking fight about the fact that claudia looked at her diary who gives a shit they break down in the badlands and uh jeff has to go jack schaefer has to go and get the police then they go to a rodeo and they have a bad time they meet the zuni who are the kids that they were pen pals with and the zuni make them a quilt uh dawn wants to go to a soybean products factory <laughs> but instead ends up in a ghost town and it's good stacy meets with ethan in seattle and it's really nice and i was immersed in thirst abby goes to the grand canyon where she wanted to go with her dad before he died and it's really sad christy meets her dad christy meets her dad christy meets her dad and claudia gets an original georgia o'keefe painting okay you went over but you didn't miss much you went over but you didn't miss much and you did an okay job. <sighs> Considering that you needed 120 seconds to really <sighs> capture this sweeping epic, this <sighs> Steinbeckian epic about it's Steinbeckian. That's exactly what it is. It's the, the grapes of wrath in reverse. Yeah, that's what this novel is. It's the grapes of wrath in reverse. Yep. Beautiful book. Beautiful description. Very good job. Both of us did a very good job on our descriptions, and neither was plagiarized. And you think that was the original Glum Plum? Steinbeck? The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. There you the go. Steinbeck, he didn't, I bet he spent ages, that dumbass spent ages trying to find a rhyme for grapes, and he was like, I just can't. I'm just going to call him <laughs> Wrath. the Wrath Grapes. Fuck it. If only somebody had like, if we could go back in time and be like, the Glum Plums. The Glum Plums. <laughs> call them the Glum it Plums. It rhymes. <laughs> we could have changed literary history. <laughs> Uh, beautiful description what a book jacko uh, christy meets her dad. christy meets her dad christy goes um, all the way to goddamn san diego or san francisco and california and 
sees old what's his name dad I, he dad dignify that him with it no it's not even brewer it's thomas oh you're right thomas your honor may i approach the bench oh <clears throat> in what capacity are you approaching the bench um uh, uh for co- uh court conference okay uh about the case okay. um uh, w- the case, uh, which, as you know, is who murdered the slaviest porpoise. Where it's it's an open and shut case, as I've right. already made my case to the jury, and the the but, public defender also but, agrees that the super babies did it. And you're approaching because you're feeling overwhelmed, or yeah, okay, because it's just so sad what they did to that porpoise. Right. I'm Judge um, Brick by Ben Folds Five. Yep. Okay, and I am um, District Attorney. Uh, oh, like wait, him. hang on. Nick Drake, Nick Drake's entire sure. back catalog. Right, before he died tragically. Yeah. Self-inflicted drowning. Yeah, I'm Pink Moon. Pink Moon. Yeah. <sighs> District Attorney Pink Moon, um, <laughs> can I see you at my bench for a moment here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll take a brief re- recess. I, I say that, you don't say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a brief recess. Okay. Um, Your Honor, as you know, I'm approaching the bench not about this tragic case, which is very sad. The super babies killed the slaviest porpoise. It's obvious who did it. Even the jury agree. Yeah, it's clearly it's open and shut case. Open and shut. I'm actually approaching the bench because I'm sad about something I read in um, the novel Babysitter's Super Special Number 14 BSC in the USA. Yeah. So I put my I... hands up, play my song, butterflies yeah. fly away. Go ahead. You know it as well. Um, and um, it's when Christy meets her dad. I'd like to read that passage to you. Okay. Okay. So first of all, they can I wait? Can I do mine first? Because mine's not going to have the same impact as yours. Okay, fine. You can do yours. Because yours is really powerful, and it was also mine. But there's another really beautiful moment in this book, and like I I don't want to. Mine's just going to feel so tepid compared to yours. So let me go first. I don't. I'm District Attorney Hallelujah by Leonard Jeff Buckley. Oh, oh Leonard Buckley. Cohen. Leonard I mean, no, Cohen. it's by Leonard Cohen. Right. It's covered by Jeff, more famously by Jeff Buckley. Right. Okay. And you're Judge... I'm Judge Fade Into You by Mazzy Star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they find themselves in, I think, Arizona. Mm-hmm. One of the two RVs. There's two RVs, yeah. by the way. Super Yes. Yeah. For some reason, I, they're like... I did cover it. Let's all go on a road trip together. Yeah. And they're like, great, half of us are going to go on one route to the north, and half of us yeah. are going to go on another route to the south. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's bananas. Why not all go on a road trip together and follow each other? Anyway, good point. Yes. So half of them end up in Arizona, and they realize that they're in the town that the Zuni reservation is in. Oh, Yeah. And Dude, this, this was is... my other approach to bench moment too. I yeah. fucking cry, like I swear to yeah. God, I cried here too. I yeah. cried at this. I don't know why, but I like I it. I choked up and cried. So you were absolutely right, attorney. Incredible, and I'm powerful honored moment. to have you in my courtroom. Yep. So they they go and they they pull up to this little town, this reservation that's that's also like a little town in Arizona, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we're the kids from Stony Brook. Do you remember like a hundred books ago, and maybe two years ago on the podcast when we got to know the children of the Zuni people and started pen pal relationships with all of them, and like after sent their you guys, school like, burned down, yeah, your school burned down. We sent you a bunch of like." money and resources and stuff like that and then the whole town fucking comes out and they're like oh my god it's the children of stony brook and they show them to this little pedestal 
in the middle of town. We climbed out of the RV and walked towards the building. I spotted a bronze plaque besides the front doors. I moved closer to read it. The generous contributions of the following individuals and organizations helped in the speedy rebuilding of our school after a devastating fire. We hold them in our hearts and in our memories. Underneath was a list. I gasped when I read the first name. The children of Stony Brook, Connecticut. That's us, David Michael cried out. Dawn would be so proud, Jesse remarked. As Mrs. Woodward shook our hands, Karen piped up. You spelled Stony Brook right, but it was not all the children. Just one particular school. Mr. Woodward smiled. When you're given a beautiful mosaic, you appreciate all the stones, not just the mother of pearl. Your entire town is precious to us. That was my approach to the bench moment. Now let's get to the real meaty. Every stone in Stony Brook. All right, here's my approach to the bench moment. Your judge. Brick by Ben Folds 5. Brick by Ben Folds 5. And I'm judge. I'm district attorney. Basically the entire back catalog of Nick Drake. Nick Drake. Specifically Pink Moon. Specifically Pink Moon. Christy goes to every baseball stadium along the way. I think it's cool. Christy's the best person on this trip. Christy's the best babysitter. I love Christy. She's great. She never gets in dumb fights with people. Right. Like, and she just does cool shit. She's just like, her no, thing here's is cool. what I want to do. Go yeah. to baseball games across the country. I don't want to yeah, do any like, of this other dumb shit. Yeah, like your dumb fucking Grand Canyon or whatever. I'm Or like a fucking Don wants to go to a soybean factory. And Christy's like, let's just go to a bunch of cities. We'll find the baseball stadium. I'm going to either catch a fucking game if I can, or if I can't, go to their gift shop and get a hat. Buy a hat. Awesome. Very fun. Fucking great. Anyway, they go to the fucking San Francisco Giants stadium. Lo and behold, up on the big screen, Christy's dad. Daddy Thomas. Daddy Thomas. She doesn't know what to do, but... Marianne, in her one good moment in this book, persuades her that she, that she'll regret it for the rest of her life if, if she doesn't go and find him. They go find him. They go she, and Christy. Ugh, this is fucking heartbreaking. They're like, "How are we going to find him? This whole stadium." And Christy's like, "My dad always loves to sit across from f- first base. On the first base. I know that because he likes to be able to like see what the first base coach is saying or whatever. I don't know what he likes to watch the players thing. kiss. He likes to watch the players kiss. Is that? Do they do that at first base? I think you can see it better from first base. I've only ever sat like do, in the nosebleed. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're but if you're right there, if you've got the the nice seats. Yeah. If and when they kiss at first base, when the like when the runner from the other team, because normally teams are enemies. So normally when a runner gets to first base, like the first baseman is on the other team, and so they wouldn't kiss. But oh, sometimes no, no, no. if they do if, kiss, yeah, but not. That's how you. That's how you. Tag oh, that's up. how you tag. Okay, but it's not like. Occasionally, they have will. You have you ever seen a baseball game, man? I know how it works. You run to first base, then you, you run the first to baseman. you kiss the first baseman, but not like passion, not in a way that's like it, that quick, interesting to quick, watch. Quick, 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 in and out. Unless, unless you had recently been traded from that team and you were very close. Right, right. That's right. what I'm saying. And yeah. so then, it, if you're like a big fan of the game, you would want to, you would want to sit close to first base yep. for that occasion because then you're going to see a really passionate kiss yep. on the lips. Yep. And it's and always that's... like, it's always really exhilarating. This doesn't happen at first that often, but it's really yeah. exhilarating to watch someone like dive in for a slide kiss. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like the runner's coming down. He like dives in and the first baseman's like, oh shit, I got to get down. And like yeah. hits the deck. <laughs> yeah. And then they kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And these people have been practicing it their whole lives. Right. But so that's, so Chrissy knows what daddy likes. And she goes to that section. The following thing happens. The man pulled out a cell phone. I'll call the press box. They can page him for you. That was when I saw the flash of reddish-brown hair and the little V-shaped grin and the bright red shirt just above the dugout, right behind the first baseline. Dad! I screamed. He looked up. The V turned into an O. Then I saw him mouth, Christy? I bolted past the guard. I nearly fell down the stairs. Dad was edging toward the aisle, stepping over people's legs. Dad, it's me! He stopped. We were both in the aisle now. I was standing one step above him. I didn't know what to do. Hug him? Scream at him? Jump into his arms? Stomp away? My mind was a tangle. His eyes were watery. Hi, pal. He said. At the sound of his voice, I had to catch my breath. I remembered the last time I'd heard that voice in my house when I was little. I remembered the words it had used, words that traveled through the walls, words that made mom cry and made me pull my pillow around my ears. Hi, I replied. Aren't you going to ask how mom is, or Charlie, or Sam, or David Michael? Oh, Dad said, I'd like to introduce you to my girl... That's okay, I said. We have to go. All right, well, keep in touch. You keep in touch, I replied. I will, Dad replied with a smile. I promise. I managed to smile, then I waved him turn. This time, I wanted to be the first to leave, and I did not want Dad to see me crying. Christy, you strong, brave girl. Queen. Queen. He stood up to that fucking asshole. <sighs> now we're going to have to deal with this. Yeah. Huh? Now we, yeah. What does this mean for us? I don't know what happens next week, but like, this is it. This is the only interaction they have. This is it. This is what we get. And I read time. the main fucking books, and I know yeah. they don't connect there. That's all we get. Powerful. <clears throat> Your Honor. <clears throat> um, uh, yes. I know we're here to seek. I know we're here seeking justice mm-hmm. for this this horrible murder of horrible a innocent murder animal. of an innocent animal, the Slavius Porpoise. The, the and it's so clear to everyone in this courtroom that the blood is on the hands of Baby Nation and the Super Babies. They, they clearly did it. They not only wanted his death and asked for it and paid a mercenary killer to to carry out the murder. They mm-hmm. were also the mercenary killer. Right. And and they seem to be showing no remorse. But so were I the district attorney, I would be asking for the maximum the maximum sentence. Yeah, and I'm sure the district attorney will. But mm-hmm. while we're here in the courtroom, I just mm-hmm. really, really quickly wanted to hit another case very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's called I'm freely. <laughs> okay. It's a busy docket today. Busy docket, but I, I I think I have an open and shut case of IP infringement okay. here. Let's say I was describing an HBO, a hit HBO TV show. Okay? okay. 
Imagine I'm describing a hit HBO TV show. Okay. Okay. Listen to this description. Okay. Stop, thief! A shout rang out. Pow, pow. Two men with handlebar mustaches were running down the unpaved street toward us. The first one was wearing raggedy clothes and carrying a big burlap sack. He was being chased by a man wearing a fringe leather vest and brandishing a silver revolver. Catch that varmint, the second man shouted. The crowd of tourists stood and watched. The first man eyed us all, then ran straight towards me. Excuse me, ma'am. Hold this while I search for some refreshment. He gave the bag to me, then he ran through the crowd and into the building marked Tavern. My friends were cracking up. Jeff, across the street with Dad, was doubled over with laughter. The bag was huge but really light. It must have been stuffed with styrofoam. Now the man with the revolver ran to me, glowering. Ma'am, give me back my fertilizer, he growled. The crowd roared. Hmm. Is that Westworld? Sounds like it, doesn't it? It does sound like it. Um, Sounds an awful lot like the hit HBO show Westworld, Westworld, doesn't it? This is a passage in the novel about Buzzard Gulch. A, a bunch of girls going to a small ghost town where all these paid actors a simulation of a are wild simulating west village. a wild west village. Yep, where the tourists and the spectators get in on the action. Yeah, guess what and came so, out? Guess what came out? 20 years before HBO's Westworld. Is it this one? Babysitter's Club, Super Special, number 14, BSC in the USA. BSC in the USA. All right, Sir Anthony Hopkins. I'm going to be demanding that knighthood back. Something occurs to me, though. Mm. Westworld is actually based on... A movie. A movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) from... (laughs) 1973, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And now we're in I'm going to be demanding that sainthood back. <laughs> Wait, now but we're in tricky territory. Didn't we determine that these novels were written in the oh, first like century A.D.? Right, in, eight, in 80. By Saint Felicitas. Right. Huh. Before she was martyred. So it's unclear who's plagiarizing who, but... It's, a, it's like a nesting Russian doll. Right. Of plagiarism and IP theft. Right. The one thing that we do know is that you and I, the fat cat lawyers and the fat cat judges, yeah. are going to be making a pretty penny off of this one. Right. Okay, well, it's an open and shut case, by which I mean this is going to be tied up in litigation for centuries. Yeah. But it's very clear that Sir Anthony Hopkins has some fucking questions I'd like for him to answer. Yeah. Uh, hopefully in this venue, yeah. on this show, in this court. <clears throat> Your Honor. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yes. Back to the case at hand. Mm-hmm. I have extremely compelling evidence. I'm yeah. going to show you some photos. Can I draw your attention to Exhibit A? Uh, uh, let the record show that um, the attorney has drawn my attention to Exhibit A. He's holding it up in front of me. It's a poster board blown up photograph of a porpoise who was who was a kind and gentle soul. People of the jury, take a moment to collect yourselves. Please take a moment to take all the time you need to collect yourselves. This is a horrific crime. I'm sorry to have to show you this, but and porpoises, child porpoises in the in the back benches. Please do try to simmer down a little bit and yep. stop. You, I, uh, your tears are justified. But we do need to get justice. Yep. I hope that you do the right thing today, people of the jury, Mm -hmm. and you seek 
the maximum penalty for the heinous murder, mm-hmm. homicide, brutal, uncaring, sadistic, psychopathic homicide of this slavious porpoise today. And as a judge, it's against the rules for me to say this, but it was clearly with malice aforethought. Oh, yes. I don't... Is there such a thing? I know there's first-degree murder. Is that the worst one, or is there third-degree murder? I think this is 10th-degree murder. Okay. And that's the judge saying that, people. (laughs) (laughs) I say that we don't even see this case through. No. Because these fucking people out here, Baby Nation Super Babies, they don't deserve justice. They deserve mob rule. Yes. They deserve to be dragged out of this courtroom and given the same treatment they gave that slaviest porpoise. In yes. fact, I want to introduce a motion to this. Hey, hey, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you high. What do you say? Nah, man, I smoke weed. I smoke crowns like you on a b-ball court. This. Yeah, the case. And I will accept it. But first... By the arcane laws of the land. Yep. First of all, I think you have to present habeas corpus, but we're going to waive that. Okay. What we're not going to waive is, did you have a, a burn of the week this week? Yeah, I had... I had a, a diss from a miss? Too many to count. Yeah, I had too many to count as well, which makes me think that maybe we should take a break before we get into it. No. No, we're no. just going to rattle through them. Okay, there's a lot of burns this week, so we're just gonna we're gonna run through the burns, and then with the permission of the jury and the assembled court, I'm gonna use my the powers vested in me as judge to suggest that as long as everyone agrees except the accused, which is the super babies, uh, who don't get a say in this because of the heinousness of this crime against the slaviest porpoise, um, we'll just subject them to mob rule now. Yep. I can't tell the porpoises. It seems like they're cheering now, but their cheering sounds sounds a lot like their crying sounds. I think it's cheers mixed with sobs because they're okay. so they're still so sad. moved by. Oh, I think they're both sad and moved by like yeah justice being done. Well, the slaviest porpoise was a pillar of their community. He was a pillar of every community. Yeah, he was like Gandhi. That's such a shame. Why would they do anyway? Okay, he right, was so like let's... if Martin Luther King Jr. And Gandhi and Nelson Mandela and Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa and um, Superman uh, in the 1992 run of Death of Superman. Oh wow! Okay, we're all yeah. one being, and the being was a porpoise. Yeah, and he was beloved by all. Yeah, and they erected giant, glimmering gold statues in his honor. Oh God! I'm just I'm reliving it all again, and it's just too. The world sad. will never let's, be the same. We'll let's look talk back about in some... history, and we'll say every there was there was a time in in modern history pre slavius porpoise, post slavius porpoise. It's like the yeah. world has changed. It's such a porpoiseless crime. It's bad. No, <laughs> you're as bad as Baby Nation mocking the dead. <laughs> say your burn. I must have made a face when I was eating the seitan. Because Mr. Schaefer laughed at me. Used to eating that heavy red meat diet, huh? He asked. I smiled. I guess. This is Marianne. Oh, Don raised an eyebrow. Have you gone back to eating red meat since I've left Stony Brook? Old Richard seems like a meat and potatoes guy, Mr. Schaefer said with a chuckle. He's not, I said. Maybe once or twice a week. 
I could feel my face burning. Why was he doing this in front of my own grandmother? My son-in-law, Grandma said sweetly, eats very, very well. In fact, judging from that little belly of yours, you could take a tip from him. The whole table cracked up. Mr. Schaefer smiled sheepishly and dug into his lunch. Good. Strong. (laughs) Jack Schaefer is trying to character assassinate. He spends this entire Richard Spear, this whole trip. And fucking Grandma Spear rips him a new one. Um, And he deserves it. Uh, The the biggest burn artist in this novel, though, is Jeff Schaefer. Well, it's clearly like it's clear. It runs in the family. Yeah. I want to go to Wind Cave National Park, Christy announced. Okay, so this is this is the the repartee between Don and Jeff. They obviously get it from Jack. Yep. And there's there are a few little back and forths between them that are masterful. I want to go to Wind Cave National Park, Christy announced, passing around a South Dakota booklet. It has one of the longest caves in the world. Ooh, 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 Flintstones. Bedrock City, Jeff blurted out. Yabba-dabba-doo! I rolled my eyes. Let's not say we yabba-dabba-did. Nice. (laughs) Nice. How about Mount Rushmore, then? Dad suggested. Stacy took the brochure and squinted at a photo. The Corn Palace, she read, decorated with giant murals made of colored corn, grains, and grasses. Weird. Ooh, the Laura Ingalls Wilder home, Marianne said, looking over Stacy's shoulder. Who's that? Jeff asked. The author who wrote Little House on the Prairie, Marianne replied. Girls are boring, Jeff murmured. <laughs> Jeff's on fire this week. Jeff is on fire. Don had a uh, few too. Can I read another one? I just yeah, have so please. many. This, yeah, one is, yeah, this one is so brutal because the victim of the burn yeah. is not even there to defend herself. Yeah. One of the RVs goes north and Christy is on that one. And one of the RVs goes south, and her brother, Andrew, is on that one. Yeah. And they're in San Diego, and they go to the San Diego Aquarium. Yeah. The bus took us to the Pygmy Chimp exhibit, where these weird little monkeys chased after each other at super speed. We watched them somersault, bop each other over the head, and clap their hands and feet. One of them ran right up to us and made the silliest, scowling face. It's Christy! Andrew squealed. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, she's not even there, dog. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrew's like, five. (laughs) Fucking eat it, Christy. Good. Uh, Somebody burns. Tanner, I feel like we should probably take a break. Okay. And then we have a lot more to discuss. We have a lot more to discuss. All right, why don't you say goodbye? Okay, fine. Goodbye. And now, a word from our sponsor. Better help. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24 hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, Better Help, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can 
accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store, so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. Their online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Tanner? Jack. These girls are clearly Bum. drug mules, right? Bum. Bum. No. Bum. 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 What are you doing? Claudia and Stacy, baseball idiots. Before we came back from break, Super Babies, Jack and I had a whole discussion about segments we wanted to hit, and we're like, oh, I'm pretty sure we both have a segment we want to hit. Yeah. I took a wild swing at it being Claudia and Stacy, baseball idiots. Yes, that is not only the segment that I wanted to hit, but it is the—I don't know if I can possibly convey my enthusiasm effectively enough here. It is the most excited I have ever been (laughs) to talk about—not even just to talk about, but about the fact that we have a segment called Claudia and Stacey Baseball Idiots that's like a ready-made frame to talk about the rich tapestry that Pete Loran just wove for us today. Yeah. Yeah. He just like, he, it's like he knows us. It's like he knows us. It's like this book could have been called Claudia and Stacey Baseball Idiots, the novelization. Right. There's so much of them being baseball idiots in it. He just teed <laughs> us up. He's like, here's here's my plot. Chrissy's yeah. going to go to every baseball stadium in the USA, and he's going to drag Claudia Kishi and Stacey McGill along with her. And Claudia and Stacey are going to be baseball idiots at every major stadium <laughs> in the United it's States. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's um, let's just read some passages. I have a ton. You probably have a ton. Why don't you start? The last Indian to win the Cy Young Award for pitching, read Christie from a pamphlet, was Gaylord Perry in 1972. Gaylord Perry doesn't sound like an Indian name, I remarked. (laughs) Christie rolled her eyes. Cleveland Indian. (laughs) I knew that. I lied. As we walked closer to Jacobs Field, a huge cheer rang out. Touchdown! The The crowd goes wild, Claudia called out. Jeff groaned. There are no touchdowns. In baseball. <laughs> Good. Okay. 
I've got, I got, here's one, my next one. Christy insists it's a fun sport. Maybe she means playing it. But sitting around in the hot sun and watching grown men in ugly jumpsuits chase a little white ball? Not my idea of a good time. Now, basketball, I don't mind. It's faster, for one thing, and the players look great in those shorts. <laughs> um, and then, finally... Michael on. Jordan popularized the knee-length short. Is that what capris are? I think capris are like calf-length pants. Okay. That sounds cool. Um, <laughs> I think, like, old, only, like, old women whose, like, names are kinds of wine wear <laughs> Um, okay here's the final thing that claudia and stacy do at when they finally are forced to a baseball game then mr schaefer said the words i dreaded to hear i think it would be fun to go to the game off we trudged like prisoners to the dungeon these fucking assholes they're at like fucking like shea stadium or like they're at the whatever like the big green monster or some like epic fucking and they're like they're gonna go see a fucking baseball game and they can't handle it. Anyway, I don't. Off we I don't dislike baseball. Yeah, but to be totally honest, if I had to go to my tenth baseball game in two weeks, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> Off we trudged like prisoners to the dungeon. What was the game like? Well, we stood up and cheered one home run, but we booed another. We participated in two waves. We ate hot dogs that tasted as if they'd been cooking since February. A foul ball whizzed into the stands nearby. Afterward, Claudia ducked each time she heard the crack of a bat. (laughs) I managed to read an entire Cleveland travel guide, ads included, by the time the game ended. (laughs) Good. Baseball idiots. Baseball idiots. Tanner. Yes. These girls are clearly drug mules. (laughs) I was hoping you would cycle back. What do you mean? Mr. Choi, dad's art dealer friend from New York, is moving to L.A., but doesn't have time to drive his RV himself. <laughs> I need you to pick up an RV <laughs> and drive it to me Yeah, and then San like, Francisco. Like, then Jeff is like, I'm going to take all the babysitters. And Mr. Choi's like, uh, okay. Uh, um, okay. Uh, there's not a lot of room in that RV. That's actually uh, good, I think. Helps and kind you know of like, he's- provide some cover. You know he's fucking sketchy because at some point, like, there's too much in this book for us to, like, this would normally be, like, the whole plot of another book, but, like, Claudia buys a $2 print at a fucking thrift store. In Wall, South Dakota. Oh, in Wall Drug. Drug, A place that I've been to many times. The famous Wall Drug. I wanted to very studiously capture all of the sites across America that I have been to in my life as, like, a constant road tripper as a kid. Yeah, uh, but I thought maybe you would just get annoyed with that. I've I have been essentially everywhere these girls have been. I would have, I would have. Been to Mount Rushmore that we were road tripping on our like four week discovering ourselves after college road trip, and uh, we went through Utah and got pulled up, pulled over like five fucking times in a row because every single cop in Utah was like these three bearded men in a like nineteen eighty two sob definitely have pot yeah and they just pulled us over for nothing you guys have over pot? and over no not yet but these girls did have drugs and it wasn't pot i think it was meth here's the passage well diary tomorrow is the big day but i'm already nervous today i almost drank richard's coffee 
I thought it was my herbal tea. It's a good thing I smelled it in time. Otherwise, I might be barfing until September. <laughs> oh, well, everybody else was a little jittery at breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had that note captured under a different heading, uh-huh. which was the Spear family food blindness. Oh, yeah. It's is catching. <laughs> Well, that kind of makes sense. It's like he's got like piles of meth. <laughs> Don's like, and they're all coffee. just like, she's just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought this was herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I buy anyway, it. But, but and Jeff the, is the kind of guy who seems, or Jack is the kind of guy who seems like he would do a drug mule thing. Yeah, for like a few extra bucks. He's yeah, got he's this, down like, for it. Rich art dealer friend who's like, oh, I'm trying to transport but one yeah. ton of meth across the U.S. And Jack's yeah, like, and, I'll do it. Yeah, Watson's like, oh shit, I'm gonna rent an RV myself and get on in on this. I know a good business deal when I see it. And this fucking dude, Mister Choi, Claudia goes to Waldrug, buys a fucking for two dollars a painting that reminds her of Georgia O'Keeffe. Then she takes it. To Mr. Choi. Right. And as they're like pulling it out of its frame on the back, it is signed by Georgia George O'Keefe. O'Keefe. Yeah. And he's like, and Mr. Oh, Choi's like, oh, this O'Keefe is an original, original O'Keefe. I'll give you $200 for it. Right. Fuck you, Mr. Choi. You yeah. sketchy fucker. You're trying to take advantage of a 13 year old girl. She's 13. She turns him down. She's like, yeah, she Fuck turns you. him down. I got no O'Keefe yeah. here. I'm going to sell it to the fucking Met. Yeah. To the fucking museum. <laughs> yeah. Um, girls are drug mules. Dumb. Claudia and Stacy are baseball idiots. Tanner, were you this week in any way or at any time? And I know what the answer is, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Immersed in thirst. In thirst. And yes, you were, because I'm looking at the picture. Did you look at the picture? Do you want to pull up the picture? Yeah, I got the picture here. It's a, it's yeah. a unique... It it's struck unique. me as a unique storytelling moment for Anne and Pete. And and I actually... Someone called this out on this. It's not Hodges. It's not Hodges. Yeah, it's someone else. It's someone else. Who will remain nameless because someone called this out on it. But what they've decided to do here is instead of finishing a sentence and, and hitting a story beat in the written word, mm-hmm. they've decided to... Just show us. Row to picture. Mm-hmm. And here, I'll read it. Okay. If we hadn't stopped at the Space Needle, I think we would have just kept walking straight into Canada. But we didn't. We took the elevator to the top. We stood, squooshed together amongst the crowd, gazing down at the entire city. In the distance, broad, snow-capped Mount Rainier was watching over us like a guardian. And then it just says, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say, too, after I, if I lock lips with a lovely lady. And then there's and, a picture. And wow. Of a young girl and a young boy doing lip stuff. Yeah. So they don't awesome. even describe the kiss. They just show it to us. They show it to us, and it is awesome. It is. It looks okay, I guess. It looks... It actually does well, they're not, not look awesome. Interestingly, it looks uncomfortable. and importantly, no, I'm. I've got it pulled up. They're not 
and I don't know if this is maybe how you do kissing because I've only, I've done it, but I've never had someone explain how to do it. Right. They're I think not. I've done it. They're not. If you look, there's actually a full centimeter of space between their lips. Right. Yeah. No, that's how you do it. So they. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I then I've been doing it wrong. Because I've been when I do it, I put my lips on the other person's lips. Oh. Yeah. Gross. And just kind of that's so around. gross. That's so that's like so unsanitary. <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing that now. Okay. Oh, okay. That's All so right, well, gross. Let's let's not. You touch the lips against their lips. Yeah, oh, I'm realizing that's gonna make that's me. Stu- I'm realizing that's stupid, and I'm embarrassed to admit it now. I'm okay. No, it's you like, like hover like I would say two to eight inches away from their face. Our friend Katie has loves to tell the story of. Uh, her friend who always, when she wanted to, needed to wipe her butt, took all of her clothes off. <laughs> what? Have you ever heard this story from our friend Katie? No. She has a friend who would like, when she went to go to the bathroom to do number two, she would take all of her clothes off. Just to be like ultimate like. Because she just thought, no, she just thought that was how you had to do it. Yeah. And it's similar. Uh, wait, in that it's do like, you not do that? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's so unsanitary. <laughs> it's similar in that it's like something you never actually really talk about. Like, how do you do this? And I'm realizing, so I just don't want you to make fun of me about this. I'm not going to make fun realize. of you. I just think what you've been doing, I think you should probably go get like a test. Yeah, no, I will. But sure I'm embarrassed. Like... Anyway, the, Ethan and Stacy here, because that's who we were immersed in thirst by, uh, are he's she's got her arm on the back of his head. Yep, and he's got his arm around her waist. Yep, they both have their eyes closed and they're both making a very serious expression. And he's got this five o'clock shadow that's fucking. Oh, just it's like making it happen. Better beard she, as than Stacy says. Stacy says, quote here, cheekbones for days. Yep, I see him. Their noses are touching. He also kind of just looks like a regular old boy to me. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a regular old I've boy. I've been in, I'm going to admit something now. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of Ethan, yeah. I picture Brandon Lee. From The Crow, yeah. No, yeah. we've talked about this. And yeah. he, this does not look like Brandon Lee from This the is how I have always pictured Ethan. The artist who is not Hodges Swallow who drew this picture, has captured exactly, right down to the fucking, like, long 90s t-shirt that goes down past the crotch of his jeans in a way that was probably cool once, but is impossible to imagine being cool now. Right. And the five o'clock shadow is 100% exactly how I pictured Ethan. No, Um, I picture Brandon Lee, and this is not Brandon Lee. It's just a boy. Well, maybe this is... It's possible that the artist has just drawn a picture of stacy kissing another man and it's not ethan oh. like in the in the middle of the passage that actually she... might not be stacy either though <laughs> yeah okay yeah that could be anyone so yeah we don't know who this person we don't is. know it's not hodges people are. we don't trust them yeah they were just like they're like well fuck it if i'm not gonna get an artist credit on this i'm just gonna draw a picture of, of someone i know kissing <laughs> someone else i know and it's not stacy or ethan uh, and you know what i was just in seattle like a month ago that does yeah. not look like Seattle to me. No, it doesn't. It looks like New York. Yeah. Um, but so they're touching noses, but they're not touching lips or chins. And right. so that's how you do it? Just, I yeah, mean, I know. that's how I do it. Okay. And I assume most of America, and I think you're yeah. the idiot for doing it wrong. 
Well, now that I think about it, it'd be incredibly unsanitary to put your lips on someone's lips because that's where like they put food and they have germs and yep, yeah, yep. Okay, all right. Well, I feel like an idiot. Awesome, Ethan said, and that's what you're supposed to say after you kiss someone. We're agreed on that, right? Yep. Awesome. Say, awesome, Ethan said. Oh, and this is yeah. This is debunky now. No, this is well. Yeah, this is. Soon, I wasn't noticing the crowd at all, or the view of the city, or the mountain. Just Ethan and me. And the feeling of our kiss. I guess she's talking about the feeling of their noses touching. Ethan like was exactly feeling. right. Awesome. Awesome. Immersed in thirst. Ethan. Cheekbones for days. Black hair, blue eyes, broad shoulders. Talented too. His big goal in life is to become an artist. <gasps> Goober Mansfield's garage sale. Zuni children will prevail. Big sleepover pizza drama. Long night of the soul. Uncle Dandy Star Machine, Genius of Elm Street, Andy Warhol, Rosie Wilder, Claudia's our show. <laughs> Mini game synchro, Mal doesn't want to go. Change your pants, Alan Gray, Christy wins a running race. Marianne looks dibly fresh, turning heads at SMS. Jealousy, Stephen E., Carlos Mendez, Jamboree. He didn't stop the fire. It was always burning since the world had turned. John, I probably started the fire. No painted light, it, but he tried to fight it. Stacy's writing poetry, cause she's sweet on Wesley. Baby goat spring dance, Stacy's got no chance. Dawn's missing Callie, Disneyland daddy. Richard Spear pants down, Don Schaefer is leaving town. Cheerleader Stacy, Jesse choreography. RJ Blazer 911, Robert Brewster, you're the one. Maggie Bloom, Keanu Reeves, we are kids, Club TV. Jackson Rage, Don's engaged, Chrissy wants publicity. These books end in fire. It was always burning since the world been turning. Logan probably started the fire. No paint and light, it still is burns ignited. Jesse talks a lonely man, Michael Trucko's on the lamb. Now he's playing MLB, babysitter follies. Marianne sitting, Jake calls on Logan, big mistake. Overruled, moving on, Marianne did nothing wrong. Stacy is a no-show, B-plot talent show, Dingleberry Stacy fired from the BSE, Ashley Claude show, for kids only radio, Ellen burping royal about Jackie telling bad jokes, Beat didn't stop the fire, it was always burning since the world's been turning, Nola probably started the fire, no Pete denied it but he tried to fight it. Crime beard Stacy, cross back to the BSE, lace placket STD, red red wine at you for me. Christy Crusher's new look, Abby moves to Stony Brook, Davis diapers, sponsorship misfires. Contest Mallory, simple Christmas on TV, TDM, misery, crew dismiss on Christmas Eve. Pete didn't stop the fire, it was always burning since the world's been turning. Hodges probably started the fire. No Pete denied it, but he tried to fight it. Watson Springs Christie, Barbashir is history, record, records, home improvement noise. Peaches, baby, Claude acting crazy, horror movie marathon, Arnold twins carry on. Troublemaking BITs, Jeff Schaefer, JAB, fundraiser BSC, off to Hawaii, fall into the fall party, girls disbanded BSC, Jackie's blipping out of time, darkest timeline, Pete didn't start the fire. 
It was always burning since the world returned. Pete didn't start the fire. No, he didn't light it, but he tried to fight it. Wow. That was a fucking masterpiece. Jenner, would you like to share why you sang that and <sighs> Baby who B. wrote it? Steffi, thank you so much. It's been it's almost been. it's been almost a year <laughs> since you submitted that to the Baby Nation Facebook group, but mm-hmm. we finally got around to it. 274 likes, 101 comments. That's a that's a pretty fire post in the Baby Nation facebook group thank you baby b steffi this is the larangest moment it's the moment in this book that we realized that this book could not have been written by anyone but our the great ho 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 the sweetest pete yep larangis <laughs> mm-hmm. i knew it was pete all along i knew it was pete from chapter one from chapter one and i'm gonna tell you oh god can i i have to pick just one huh mm-hmm. gotta pick just one Mine's a bit of a run. You can do a run if you want. Well, why don't you give me your run, and then I'll and then I'll I'll see um I'll see what I'm left with. Okay. Why don't you tell me your Larangus moment, Tanner? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Dad blurted out. Did everyone pick out a special place to visit on the little cross country cruise? I want to repel. Jeff announced. You already do repel. I remarked. Jeff <laughs> stuck out his tongue. It's a rock climbing word. Repel. Dad said. Maybe a lesson in some national park out west. All right, Jeff whooped. Where to go? My mind was racing. I thought about a book I'd been reading, a ghost story about an abandoned gold mining town out west. A ghost town, I blurted out. That's where I want to go. What? Jeff said. That's dumb. How are we going to find one? Look for a ghost and follow it, said Dad with a straight (laughs) face. Marianne? Marianne was pushing her omelet around her plate, deep in thought. I'm not sure yet, either. Sorry. Don't make it someplace like a fabric store, Jeff murmured. <laughs> Good. Chapter one. Once that, once I hit that little run, I was like, oh! Yeah. That's gotta be that. so mine is sweet feet treading across my heart right now. Um, And into your dreams. Did the feet tread in your dreams? Get out of my heart and into my dreams. That's the song about Pete Larangis. Copyright. Babysitter's Club Club. <laughs> Mine is a run, too. Okay. A run. Of course it's a run, because it's those sweet, sweet feet just pitter-pattering along yep. the racetrack. Yep, of course. It is my heart. We should have known. Yep. Mine's a run, too, and it's a run about... So we didn't have time to get into this, but Stacy meets Ethan in Seattle, and their romance is just burgeoning at this point. They've met, but they haven't. I think that that kiss that we described is their first kiss. Yeah. Um, they haven't done the bonky yet. Yeah. But they're well on their way. The uh, And this is before cell phones. So they just like wrote a letter to each other that was like, let's meet in Seattle on this date at this time. And, right. and uh, a lot of hijinks ensue around the idea of them meeting each other. But what Pete does is... From Stacy's point of view, he creates this incredible juxtaposition between her expectations around meeting Pete, around meeting Ethan, and the reality. Yep. And so here's the little run. Claudia looked shocked, dismayed. I gave her a quick look. But they're fighting because Claudia fucking picked up Stacy's diary. It's so stupid. Anyway, 
I gave her a quick look, but I had more important things to think about. My hair looked like a buzzard's nest. I was barefoot. I felt tired and exhausted. Morph time. Morph time. Morph time is good. Is that what the Power Rangers say? Yeah, morph time. I slipped my feet into my Doc Martens. I reached for the brush lying on my bunk and furiously pulled it through my hair. As I straightened out my clothes, Mr. Schaefer came to a stop by, by a parking meter. This was it. My heart was pounding. She just says morph time, and all of a sudden she turns from this like monster in an RV. Tanner's doing a, a mighty morphin. And then like the thing comes down over me, and I'm like... Yeah. The mam like the Black Ranger Mammoth Ranger. Yeah, and that's what happens to Stacy. And so that's the beginning of her attempt to meet Ethan at this coffee shop. Okay. And so here's here's what she thinks. Ethan was in there. I could just picture him, like a scene in a movie. He's looking at his watch, at his menu, at the window, wondering, worrying. Then he sees a flash of blonde hair by the door. The cafe falls silent. His inner torment melts away. Two words are on his mind, words locked inside him, waiting to burst loose. She's here. He rises as she floats toward him on a gust of pure joy. Oh, this was so romantic. I wanted to scream. Stacy, Chrissy said, you have a chunky wrapper on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Ethan is not there. Mm-mm. And so she goes to a payphone and calls him up and leaves the following message. Uh, hi, this is Ethan. I mean, Stacy <laughs> at the Corner Cafe. I'm Stacy. And can Ethan call me? No, he can't. What am I saying? McGill. Stacy McGill. Um, I'll call later. Click. Great. I thought a message in Martian. Um, and then finally, they finally do meet. Stacy? I could not have heard that. Another Stacy must have been in the shop. Another guy whose voice sounded like Ethan's. Stacy, it's Ethan, behind you, by the window. Yikes. No time to think. Lights, camera, action, the meeting. Scene one, take two. I smiled. I took my backpack from the cashier. I turned. I felt my untied shoelaces whip against my ankles. Ah! I suddenly felt as if my feet were a size 400. <laughs> Ignore them. Don't look down. I tossed my hair casually back. I waved. I stepped toward him. Tip, tippity, tip went my shoelaces. Coming through. A waiter zoomed by. I jumped away. I landed on a shoelace and stumbled against the wall. Ethan was laughing. Laughing. I was mortified. I wanted to run outside, hop back into the RV, and head for the Badlands. Good. It's a very good passage and very well yeah. written. Stacy drove me nuts in this fucking book. Stacy's awful. She's Stacey, the worst. She gets in this big fight with Claudia because she convinced Claudia is reading her diary, and then like she has that interaction with Ethan, yeah. and like goes back to the RV and she's like, Claudia, let's talk about this boy I'm in love with, and then like spends twenty minutes like barfing on Claudia about Ethan. And yeah. then Claudia's like, uh, Stacey, are we still fighting? And she's like, oh, LOL, I guess not. Oh, it's oops. Like, I suddenly you. remembered our fight. Fuck you, Stacey. And like, she ruins the whole trip. This is like the, this is the most fun the Babysitter's Club has ever had. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The most opportunity for fun. And early on in the trip, literally, Claudia is like, going through her bag and like Stacy's diary falls off the bunk bed onto the floor. Claudia picks it up because it's fallen open. And yeah. is about to put it back, and Stacy walks in and is like, "Why are you reading my diary?" And then spends the entire rest of the trip, the whole book, not right. talking to Claudia. And then when it fucking finally like comes up, 
Yeah. Because like she finally has somebody she needs to talk to about Ethan and she's like, Oh, uh like fights are stupid. Yeah. It's like you ruined that whole Fuck trip. You, Stacey. Claudia told you she didn't read your diary. If she had, who cares? Your best friends. Right. Stacy, you're the worst. Yes. I have one more hit segment I want to hit before. Wow. We go. And I know okay. we're really burning the midnight oil. It's this is gonna be a long, long episode. episode. But I really want to hit this segment because I think Please. you're gonna really enjoy it. Okay. It's called the Great British Poem of the Week. Okay. I'm listening. I'm going to read a passage from a great work. I want you to tell me whether it is from the epic poem by T.S. Eliot called The Wasteland. Okay. Or if it's from this book, Babysitters Club Super Special Number Fourteen, BSc in the USA. Okay, I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm possibly one of the best equipped people in the world. I think you'd be surprised to play this game. Okay, I'm gonna read a passage. Okay. <clears throat> Tickety tick, ticker. Tickety tick. Went her plastic needles. The sound reminded me of a soft rain. On a cozy night. After a while, it was like mice skittering on a tile floor. Now, I was thinking about skeleton bones rattling in the grave. Yep, Wasteland, section two, game of chess. No, it's from, that's actually from this book. That's from this book. Tickety tick, tickety tick, winter plastic needles as Jeff paced the narrow area in front of the bathroom. Skeletons. Marianne started rattling their bones. Yep, no, that's Wasteland. Wasteland it's actually from Kiesel. this book. Would you believe that? Well, it must be a direct. I think it's quote very, very allusion. obviously a direct allusion to the Wasteland, yeah. having just spent a lot of time reading it. I'm realizing now that. Anne M. Martin does have 10 pages of footnotes where she talks about all of the literary <laughs> references at the end of this. Yeah, there's a, lot of, I only there's a lot of them. little numbers, like superscript yeah. numbers by all this stuff, and I didn't really know <laughs> yeah. what that meant. Yeah. But when she's like, tickety-tick, tickety-tack, tickety-tack. Yeah. Where the dead men lost their... St. Wolnuth's, where the dead men lost their bones. Is that from this or from Wasteland? That's from this, too. Okay. I think. God, I love that segment. Too bad yeah. we only have one more super special. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an old I segment. Ho- it used to be called Great American Novel of the yeah. Week. And frankly, yeah, we should have like, hit it up top when we were talking about Steinbeck so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, the Great British Poem of the Week is kind of a weak successor to Ugh, the beautiful. Great American Novel of the Week. Some might say um, T.S. Eliot is an American. He was born in Massachusetts. I do not say so. Sure, but he did most of his good work in all of it. England. Um, my God, Pete packed it in. We did a good job of getting to almost everything that needed to be talked about. Oh, I'm really looking forward to recording another episode now. For Oh, yes, for what we're going to do now. This plays into our outro. We're going to record another episode for our Elite podcast. For Elite Babies, which you can access on our Patreon over at patreon.com podcast. It's very good. People are really loving it. It's a fun little community. 
around the little sister. I wouldn't say it's fun or little. I would say it's a large elite community of the world's best and brightest. Yeah, and fun is the wrong word. Uh, enriching. Mm, yep. Elegant. Aspirational. It's, it's an elegant, aspirational, and large podcast based on the, frankly, vastly superior Little Sister novels right. by Anne M. Martin. It comes out every Let's week. Let's not give away it's, too much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very good. It's very titillating. Mm. Um, and you can become a member of the Baby Elite, Elite Babies, over at patreon.com slash Podcast. Please do. It is a great way to support uh, what we're doing and allow us to continue to do this. Um, especially those of us who are now doing it as our full-time job. If you want to buy merch, you can yep. do so at bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Thank you, baby. Thank John, you to baby John at Vox the Devil on Twitter. Thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me this week. You're welcome. Super babies, thank you for listening to our show. This week, we talked about a novel called Super Special Number 14, BSC in the USA. Next week, we're presumably unless we throw another pilot in there i doubt it we're you yeah want to come up with another pilot now i have an idea <laughs> okay <laughs> we're presumably going to be reading the final babysitters club super special super special number 15 babysitters european vacation mm. i hope the little princess is involved bsc in the e- eu <laughs> bsc in the eu Good. No, that's Canada. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, And then Tanner and I are going to lie into a field and let the birds consume our bodies, carry our souls into heaven, and carry our carry our souls into heaven. Yep. This week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard, and I'm Tanner Greenring, and have been this week. Uh, Have fun and be careful, super babies. I'm yours until I see the salad dressing. That's it. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You say goodbye. (laughs) Not now, never were. Excuse me? Uh, this is so corny. Stacy whispered to me at one point. I agreed, but you know what? We were all descending into the pitch blackness of the underground gold mine log flume. I realized something. I was having a great time. The soy bean products could wait. <laughs> Don, <laughs> Don wanted, Schaefer wanted to go to a soy bean place, but she decided that her commitment to the vegan lifestyle was wavering in the face of... This fun, fun ghost, ghost town. town, not now, never which is were, is the based thing on Westworld. The yeah, Jack says I sometimes about say, lapsed vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, if you aren't now, you never were. I like. I'm sure I've said this on this podcast, and I'm sure it was a, as obnoxious then as it is now. <laughs> but when I tell someone that I'm vegan, and they say, "Oh, I used to be vegan," I like to say, "If you aren't now, you never were." Yep. <laughs> So I captured that. (laughs) Yeah.
What if someone came up to you and said, oh, I didn't go to a soybean factory? A soybean factory, same. Yeah, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no, fairly no, no, militant no. about this stuff. If they're, yeah. if they're like, I wa- oh, yeah, I used to think it was a good idea to go to a soybean factory, but I didn't have time because I wanted to go to a ghost town instead. Right. I would say, if you didn't now, you never <laughs> would have. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> good. Great. I think I'm done. I've, I've gotten through my notes. That was a HeadGum Podcast.